Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. You join us this week for the beginning of a short series of episodes uh, in which we are going to be discussing the topic of suffering. Andrew, this is a topic that you and I sort of both came to independently Mm -hmm. and then realized we've both had the idea to talk about it. And so that's a a great indication that uh, this may be a topic that lots of our listeners uh, may also have on their mind. Of of course, life is full of suffering. Uh, Anybody Mm -hmm. listening to this episode, I'm sure, has experienced or even more likely is currently experiencing some form of suffering. And I'm, I'm not that old, but I'm even finding even just the difference between being in my 20s and being in my 30s <laughs> is, is help showing me, it's just how much more than I realize the whole world is full of suffering mm. and how much of life is, is, is related to dealing with suffering. We all suffer. We want to make sense of suffering and we want to understand it, but can be very, very complicated. Uh It can be hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to know how to respond. And that's a little bit about what we want to talk about in these two episodes. In particular, in this first episode, we've titled it Why We Suffer. We want to talk about just that. Why does suffering exist? Why do we suffer? And also, what have been some of the modern responses to it? So, we've got those questions to discuss. Uh, did you have any initial thoughts for our listeners before we jump into our to our topic today, Andrew? I, I think everybody who is listening can identify with suffering in some yes. way. So, uh, we don't need to try and make the case that everyone suffers. It just happens. Yeah. That is relatively self-evident, absolutely. And so then the title of this episode, the, the most important question we want to be talking about, uh, why do we suffer? Andrew, there are lots of reasons for this, but what are a few that maybe come to your mind most readily? Sure, I'll give, uh, I'll give a couple of reasons. Um, they, they often intersect with one another, yeah. so you can't just... Uh, categorize them so so easily. Um, there's in the first case, um, we have wrong. We have wrong done to us. Uh, so I can think of how in um, in in Genesis uh, in Genesis four, for example, uh, uh, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel, and so there's there's death. Uh, Cain obviously commits an evil act against his brother by killing him, but then that creates a sense of grief as well yeah. uh, among Adam and Eve. And so there's there's a sense of, of hurt and pain and loss there, certainly. Uh, or we can think of uh, Joseph who was enslaved. Uh, he was thrown into a pit. He was sold by his brothers. He was falsely accused. So there's injustice, um, that is done. Uh, there's that. Uh, then there's just the reality, uh, as much as there's wrongdoing, so either wrong is done to us or we do wrong, uh, there's the reality of we live in a Genesis 3 world where there's a curse. So, sickness and disease and natural disaster happens. Um, earthquakes, uh, violent storms, 
uh, car accidents happen because of misjudgments. And so people often have these calamities. Uh, the book of Job actually shows us how uh, Job suffered because he lost everything. And there were uh, people who raided his home, killed his kids, uh, stole his, his wealth, a uh, storm came um, and knocked down the house where his children were. Um, and yet behind that was also a spiritual conflict, yeah. the, the reality that there is evil in this world. Um, and and those things can intersect. Like, uh, let's, let's not just, uh, l- let's understand the complexity of suffering. Um, we can have mental anguish because we have sinned. And so we don't have a clear conscience as a result of not having a clear conscience. We can struggle with anxiety or depression. At the same time, someone could also have anxiety or depression because of just chemical imbalances. We live in a fallen world. Um, People can eat in an unhealthy way or smoking, for example, and that can contribute to uh, lung disease or uh, all sorts of issues that come if you if you do not eat properly or healthy, and so uh, wrong choices can lead to suffering. Um, and yet, at the same time, uh, not everybody who who does something that's wrong uh, suffers. Uh, I think of uh, John nine, where uh, the disciples ask Jesus, "Who you know this man's blind? Who sinned? Did he sin or his parents?" And Jesus says, "Neither. Mm-hmm. That's not the cause of his." His blindness, um, but this is this is uh, the case because there's a, going to be a display of God's glory here, and so there's sometimes spiritual realities behind that. So we we don't want to oversimplify the problem of why we suffer. There are often various reasons, but yeah. uh, basically, either wrong has been done to us or we do wrong. Sin is a reality. The curse is real. And so living in a fallen world means we suffer. And there are spiritual battles that are going on that we just cannot see. Just as the experience of suffering is universal, the uh, the reasons for that suffering are certainly very, they're very many, they're very mm-hmm. numerous. And uh, equally so, there are many numerous ways that people respond to suffering. There's an entire spectrum of ways that we can respond. We all respond to suffering in our own lives. What are some of the ways that are that people most commonly respond to suffering? Uh, there's various ways, and some of them are connected to relig- religious ideologies as well. Um, mm-hmm. People can try and detach themselves, or they seem emotionally disconnected from it. Uh, in the Buddhist mindset, for example, you are trying to just, you, you say that suffering is an illusion. Yeah. And so there is uh, a sense in which you detach or uh, you're, you're just not thinking it's real or you, uh, some people minimize it. Um, they, uh, that's not a big deal. No. Um, it's, uh, somebody's always got it worse than I do. Uh, there's a sense in which uh, some people always see themselves as a victim. Uh, that's a modern, a really modern issue mm-hmm. um, that all all suffering that comes to me is just like, I've got a chemical imbalance. I've got these hardships people do me in. And so there's uh, people often respond by just taking on this victim posture. Other people will try to just 
they want to fix it. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we are expressing grief and sorrow or pain or hurt over suffering and people just want to fix it. Mm-hmm. And they want to tell you all sorts of cures to, to what ails you. Um, some people respond by just, they want to do good. They just, well, like we've got to, we've got to deal with, with the problem of suffering in this world by just doing more good. And some people just are stoic and they just go, let's grin and bear it. Um, as a result of that, we can respond with, uh, depression, discouragement, despair. Uh, but as Christians, we want to, uh, hold out the the belief that we can hope in God and trust Him and mm-hmm. and find ways that in the midst of trials that we can um, we can become better and not become bitter. I remember sitting with a widow uh, from my my first church, from my first pastorate. I was a young a young man, and she had lost her husband at an early age. And uh, as we as we visited, I remember her saying. Like I asked her, how have you processed your husband's death? Like this was shocking. You were looking forward to uh, a great a great future together. And how have you processed this? And she said, I was very upset and very hurt, but it, there came a point where I had to, I realized I either had to be bitter or I had to be better. And, and that just set uh, her on a path where she realized um, her life could not be defined by, uh, by loss that that she had to hold on to hope and and find ways to move forward many different ways of responding to suffering uh, you and i both at this table i'm sure can see ourselves in some of these ways and yeah. any anybody listening as we've gone through the list i'm sure you can see yourself in some of these things as well there's been many ways that people have responded to suffering and Certainly, as you touched on in our modern day, there are particular responses that are maybe much newer in terms of history. But then there are also questions that have been asked for a very long time, specifically Mm -hmm. questions about God and about the goodness of God and how God and his goodness relate to suffering. This is known as the problem of evil. This is... Mm -hmm. These are questions that people have been asking for a long time. And I think as we talk about suffering, we also have to talk about the, the problem of evil and how it's often seen and how, how we as Christians mm. approach the problem of evil. And so, Andrew, what is the problem of evil and how would you describe it? We'll start there. Um, first, I would say the, the understanding of the problem of evil uh, as it exists day is a fairly modern concept um, in a world where uh, child, uh, childbirth, uh, there, lots of women lost their lives or they lost the life of a child. Uh, child uh, deaths were, were high um, in, in a world where uh, plagues would sweep through uh, uh, countries and uh, uh, there was just a lack of understanding of of, of disease and hygiene, um, famines would sweep in, wars would happen. People lived with the reality that life was precarious. Yeah. Um, in, in more modern times, uh, this has become uh, strange to us. Um, we've had many advances in science and I'm thankful to God for that. I'm thankful that uh, children are born and uh, they, the, 
like the vast majority of them grow up into adulthood. Uh, women do not have the same kinds of risks in um, in childbirth as they did in previous ages. Uh, even in terms of pandemics, we've learned so much in terms of how to manage and control disease and ways for hygiene and cleanliness. Um, but in light of in light of the decrease of suffering, um, we have we have become a a very technological society and a technological society uh, wants to find techniques for everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, many sociologists have, have noted this, that we're becoming a society of technique. Um, so, so basic, the basic uh, idea of the problem of evil then is, is more modern because as we have grown in our scientific understanding uh, God becomes less relevant to us. Yeah. Yet, what happens when someone experiences a tragedy or a loss or deep suffering? They immediately go to a couple of propositions. They go, a good God wouldn't want evil or an all-powerful God wouldn't allow evil to exist. But evil exists and suffering exists. Therefore, either God isn't good or not all-powerful or else God doesn't exist. And, and people can live, uh, they, they can live their lives without any reference to God prior to suffering. But the minute that suffering comes in, uh, C.S. Lewis said it this way, uh, God, um, he, he shouts to us in our pain. I, f- I forget the first part of that quote. He, he whispers to us, in our pleasures uh, and so on, but he, he shouts to us in our pain. Yeah. And, and for many people, um, what pain does is it raises questions about the goodness of God, the existence of God, the power of God. Um, and, and this is a real struggle for many people, even if they do not live in reference to God the majority of their lives. And, and that just means that um, Ecclesiastes uh, says eternity has been placed in our hearts, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. 3. And so there's just this burden of, of reality that, that we know that God exists. Um, and it's when the big struggles of life come along that we actually begin to wrestle with the existence or the goodness or the power of God. Absolutely. These are questions that are quick to come to mind. And it's in those moments that we really want to try to understand our, our suffering. And so we mentioned it a little bit up top, but we can sort of wrap up maybe the final portion of this episode by talking about why, why do we want to understand suffering and how should we try to understand suffering? This is, this is an idea that we're, we'll start this week, but we'll really pick up largely next week. But why, why do people want to understand suffering? Um, I think before people want to understand suffering, uh, going back to that idea of technique, um, we we want we have a mindset today that says, um, while the American Constitution is a great, uh, the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. is a great description of this. Uh, we exist for the life for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and as a result of the pursuit of happiness. Um, we have become radically individualized. Uh, 
and and as people who are radically individualistic, what this means that is I, we've talked about this before, I create my own idea or my own identity, my own meaning. Um, therefore, if I if my pursuit is I want to be happy, I have to eliminate any form of suffering. And as a result of that, uh, we can just pick a couple of examples of ways that people are trying to deal with uh, uh, perceived sufferings today. Um, people uh, will ghost people. So ghosting is just, they disappear out of their lives or they cut them off. Yeah. And all of a sudden they don't have a relationship with them. That's just, you're too much of a pain in my life. Or we we hear about uh, safe spaces on campus, uh, on university campuses. And there's a threat to free speech because your free speech might hurt me. Yeah. And so if you if your ideas hurt me, and by hurt me, and they make me feel unsafe, what people mean uh, is that uh, it's not that I'm uh, threatening violence. It's that uh, psychologically and, and emotionally, you're creating an unstable place for me. Um, I have to eliminate that. And so then, so then the way that people want to deal with suffering is by, in the modern world, is just cutting it all off. Um, and yet, when suffering happens... People try to understand it. They try to understand it uh, philosophically and they try to reason uh, because we think in the modern mind that I can just reason uh, my, my way to, to a better life or to happiness. Or we, we try to grapple with concepts of God. Like we were talking about the problem of evil. Is God good? Is he all powerful? Does he even exist? Um, there's all sorts of self-help books. Oh, yes. uh, just go to a bookstore and and you will find technique. This is the big thing Jacques Ellul pointed out in the technological society is everybody's looking for a technique to try to understand suffering or there's some sort of therapeutic method or there's some sort of um, devotional type of helping you in the midst of it. I'd say that all of these things are trying to give us a sense of how do I cope? How do I survive? How do I have hope in the face of suffering? And, and even, even in Canada, what we're finding is um, discussions about uh, medical assistance in dying, yeah. for example. Um, people, uh, I was listening to, to a, an interview yesterday of a gentleman who has PTSD. And as a result of the government's recent, uh, the parliamentary committee's announcement to put on hold any sort of um, medical assistance in dying uh, for people with any sort of um, in, uh, mental illness, um, people are are traumatized and and they have no hope. And so we've we, we've begun to live in this existence without God, without reference to God. And so uh, I have to eliminate all forms of suffering, uh, or else I have to have some way to cope with that suffering. And even if it's ending my life, that that's how the modern mindset is. I'd rather be, um, I'd rather not exist. Uh, thinking this, thinking that if I just end my life, I, I cease to be uh, without any framework of anything beyond this life. Yeah. Um, and yet, yet the Bible has a major theme that plays from Genesis through Revelation that uh, suffering is a reality. And, and we need to grapple with that because people uh, before us 
have wrestled with these questions, uh, our modern world with techniques and increased rationality and increased uh, scientific ability, we think that we can eliminate suffering. How often have you heard someone say, um, well, uh, you know, my beloved person died in this situation. And so we want to get to the bottom of this. So it never happens to anyone ever again. Yeah, you hear and, that all the time. And yeah. it happens again and again and again and again. And so we need to grapple with how do we live in a world where we do need to work towards alleviating suffering at the same time uh, thinking about what God is doing in the midst of suffering. Absolutely, because the, the Bible offers hope in suffering and it offers a hope that our world is not really successfully offering in any way to those who are suffering. There's, there's clearly a lack of hope. There's clearly a, a need and a desire for hope. And we, of course, believe that there's much hope to be found in what scripture has to say about suffering, the purpose of suffering, and the ultimate result of suffering. And that is what we will be talking about next episode. We've spent some time this episode talking about why we suffer and how our modern world wants to respond. Next week, we will talk more about what the Bible says about suffering and where the Bible urges us to place our hope in the midst of it. And so, Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in hearing that conversation next week, do feel more than welcome to join us. We'll look forward to having many of you join us then. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye, everybody. Take care.